From Nashville, Tennessee, Southwestern Family of Companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, we share insights and inspiration for movers and shakers in the world of business. Our goal is to help you increase your self-discipline, overcome procrastination, and help you to take action on all the things that really matter. Busy, stressed, overwhelmed, frustrated, overcommitted. That, my friends, is the unfortunate real-life story of many people out there in the working world today, and probably uh, something that you can personally relate with, certainly something that I can personally relate with. And so how do we beat down being busy? What are the action steps, the pragmatic and practical things that we can do to take back control of our life and our, our busy? That's what we're talking about today. And I'm excited because it is a rare opportunity where a few times a year, about every other month, we bring on a real-life person with a real-life story, one of our real-life coaching clients who talks through what they've experienced, right? They're not talking like a, a thought leader or an expert or the people that we often interview. They're talking real life. And, um, you know, it's not always the the most uh, polished or organized, but it's powerful, real stuff. And so we have one of our coaches on the show today, Carla Lewis, with her man, Steve Frody, that she's been working with. And uh, it's going to be perfect. I think you're going to get love it, love it, love it, love it. And we're going to get started just after this message. This episode is sponsored by Southwestern Coaching. Southwestern Coaching has helped over 11,000 people increase their incomes by over 25% on average. As a successful salesperson, you know the importance of increasing your sales, but sometimes you might just need a little extra push and accountability to meet your goals and grow your business. Southwestern Coaching will help you increase your income through one-on-one sales and leadership coaching tailored specifically to your needs. Together, we will elevate sales. To schedule your free one-on-one business action planning session with a Southwestern coach, go to www.southwesternconsulting.com forward slash action catalyst. Well, my friends, it is time for another life story. It's one of my favorite things to do on the show where we hear Real life people, real life clients, real life problems uh, and struggles that they're going through and then real life solutions and the things that they uh, come to, the realizations of, of how they get themselves into the place that they want to be. And today I am pleased to introduce to you uh, Steve Frody. Steve is one of our clients uh, who is a broker owner out in Michigan of a real estate company. It's called City to Shore real estate and also one of our fabulous guests, our uh, fabulous coaches, Carla Lewis. She has, I don't know, 8,372 pairs of shoes, which is part of what she's famous for, uh, as well as changing people's lives. So Steve and Carla, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thanks. So, Steve, let's uh, start with you. Tell us just a little bit about who you are. Like, tell us about your business. How long have you been in the business? Uh, and just give us a quick mm-hmm. background. Absolutely. Yep. And uh, as a, I became an agent, a real estate agent, about 14 years ago. And then about five years ago, um, my wife and I, we actually work, both work together. We are co-brokers of the company. Uh, we started our company just, like I said, five years ago. 
and um, you know, just me and her. And then as the time went on, um, we've uh, grown a few agents here and there, and then all of a sudden we've just gone into a little bit of a you know busier time. Then the real estate market started picking up, and it was um, it's been awesome. It's been a lot of great things going on, but it got to a point of, whoo, how do how do we get all this work done? So. That's kind of a little bit about me. My wife and I, we've actually been married years. We have two kids, 22 and 21. And uh, like I said, we started in a home office, and then we uh, branched off into a, a, an office in town here. So that's a little bit about where I'm at right today. And how many agents How many agents do you guys have? We have over 40 right now. So. Wow. Okay. And so, and Carla, so, t- so tell me, like, uh, well, actually, Steve, so... So how did you learn about Southwestern Consulting, um, Steve, and, yes. and what, what happened? Kind of what, what was your journey for getting introduced to us? Yeah, we, my wife and I, as you know, we're going through our lives with real estate. We both work together in it. And I was, I'll be honest with you, I was, uh, it's, it's very stressful trying to keep up or just doing the day-to-day grind of real estate. And so as being a married couple, my wife's like, man, you need some help, and I didn't really want to hear it. <laughs> That's the whole thing. Right? We don't want to hear it from our spouse. <laughs> and so at that point, she, my wife had actually heard about uh, some coaching programs through a, a women's real estate. It's through WCR, it's called. And my wife suggested, hey, you need to meet this gal named Kristen. And I'm like, oh, really? I mean, what, what am I going to do? You know, what, what do I need this for? You know, the typical... I'll call it my response. And so we met with Kristen. At, she's a coach of yours. And uh, we met with her at Panera Bread in Grand Rapids. And uh, we had a conversation there. And it kind of was like the questions, you know, looking at my own life are going, whoa, I was stressed out, you know, almost too much. I'm like, what's going on? You know, what do I need to do? And I want to do more business. but And so we, that's how we kind of entered ourselves to Kristen who said, hey, and my wife and I, we both all agreed that I need to do a change in my life. So that's kind of how that started right there. So, so, so tell me a little bit about that. So I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of people listening that have some of those same th- thoughts, Steve. I think of just, mm-hmm. whoa, there's a lot going on. And um, so tell me, like, what exactly was happening? What were you feeling? What was, you know, was it your inbox? Was it your calendar? Was it the number of hours you're working? Like, the, the, was it just like piles of stuff? Like, walk us through exactly kind of what you were experiencing. Yeah, as a real estate agent, you know, I really value my customers, and I want to have a quick response. This industry is pretty high response rate, and we need to respond. So you got emails, you got phone calls, you got the listings, you got buyers, you're showing homes, you got, and it's like everybody you're trying to help them, friends from both past clients, you got friends from church. It's just like this circle. It's just continually circle. And it feels like I was just, I don't know, I'm just trying to work my tail off, and it's just still stressful. And so um, that's a little bit of that, I guess, if I were to explain, answer that question. So. Mm-hmm. And what was that? So was that, you know, like when you say it's stressful, so stress is kind of just a feeling, but, but how was how that? So how was that showing up in your life? Are you... Was that affecting any of your relationships or did you stop, like, did it affect, like, your time working out or your time at church or or was it just, it was just mostly a feeling of stress or were there other sort of ancillary impacts, I guess, that resulted from the, the, the 
that yeah feed. i think it gets yeah i think it gets to a point where i don't enjoy it you know like and i love real estate i love helping people out and that's what we do but it was easy to as you're I don't know. It's like you're just doing things on a, a sheet of paper, just your project list, and you're trying to knock these projects off, but not really getting anywhere. Um, but it seemed like it more affected how I enjoy the work that I do. I want to do this for a long time, and, and not just oh, here's a short stint of a few years here, you know. But and then my relationship with my wife, you know, I'm like, man, it's easy. and we work in business together, and it's like in effect us both. And then how my attitude and my workload, my hours, um, my kids. I mean, my kids are a little bit older, uh, which helped a little bit. But it's it's still I got to spend time with them and and hang out with them, and, and it's easy not to. And that's I just was realizing mm. the important stuff that I'm missing is what's I, mean, I was meaning what I want to do. Maybe hang out with my dad, or hang out with my kids, or hang out with my wife. I wasn't putting that as a priority. And so, you know, taking every phone call, every text, every email was more priority, I think, at a point. That gets you in trouble. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's really wild. It's because you, you, it, it's just, re- it sounds like you come to that realization of, of wow, I'm, not only am I missing stuff, but I'm missing stuff that I don't want to be missing. I'm missing things that right. I really, I, I want to do. So, Carla, um, yeah. so, Tell me about your first impressions of of Mr. Steve Frody. So, and 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 not just him, but also his situation, and and you know what were some of the things that you noticed really like about him right away? A few of the things that I noticed about Steve right away, the first thing was how coachable he is. Right out of the gate, you know, he he just is this sponge. He's such a student of the game, and is always. So open, uh, open to hearing different things, to being challenged, to being held accountable. And, and so that was some of the first things. And one of the other things that has really stuck with me about Steve is just how much of a servant he is, just a, a servant to the Lord, a servant to his family, a servant to his business, a servant to his clients. And because he has that heart of a servant, like a lot of people do, he was just frustrated because he couldn't be everything to every person. And so some of the things that we've worked on are, are things that help him balance that out and, and make sure that the things that are most important and most significant to Steve are at the top of the list. He wants to be there for everybody. He wants to be there, you know, he wants to be everything to everybody. And it's creating this conflict that's causing him to compromise things that really do matter in his life. So you saw that pretty, pretty well right away. Yes. And one of the things was, you know, and Steve and I have talked a lot about this, how it didn't matter who the person was that wanted to buy a home from Steve or list their home with Steve. It could be, you know, a, a $30,000, dollars $50,000 trailer, or it could be a high-end home. And Steve, as the broker owner, was trying to manage all of that. And mm-hmm. so that's some of what we have worked on is how to create what Steve calls his box of people that he will personally deal with. 
And I saw right out of the gate that that was something that that would significantly impact not only him, but the people around him right away. Yes. Yeah, so, so Steve, tell me about that. So what, so you, you kind of get into coaching, you realize you have all this going on, you know, you and Carla start to kind of realize you, you got this, you know, committed to many directions. Tell me about the, tell me about the box and, and some of the, you know, what were some of the other things that you, you started to work on? Yeah, the box was really what's more of my ideal client as well as who do I want, who do I really want to work with? You know, maybe it's, someone from church or with them. I, these are really good friends, past client, um, or even a price range. Um, what's the goal for, you know, from an income standpoint as well as a price goal or neighborhoods to focus in on? I was really all about everything and anything, and that, you know, it can work for a while, but then it's like I'm running here to show this home, this buyer, then I got a quick run back over here to show this buyer. It just seemed like I was just kind of grabbing everything and not, um, zeroing in what I really want to do as well as um, my clients needs too. So I think that's what the box really was. I mean, some of those are, you know, like I said, price ranges or certain people or certain groups of people. Um, I say I don't work with people. I, I say just what's the best, maybe I can pass some off or whether we can get a referral through them. So it's really a nice way to help my team as well. So. Yeah. So what, so t- tell me about that. So what happened with the, because I think, you know, one, one, it's like one challenge is realizing, okay, I have this problem, right? I'm overcommitted. The second is then defining what does your ideal client look like, which it sounds like you guys did. You went through some set of criteria. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the third part is, is how do you migrate over to that? So what do you do with the people who didn't fit inside the box? That's a hard, that was pretty, that's kind of like that coaching thing. That was hard for me to do. Like, how would I even pass a client off to somebody else, one of my teammates? Now, first of all, I had to get people we can trust, right? You have to pass it off to someone that's going to take care of your client. But I had to let it go. I have to let it, like, I can't micromanage that particular referral or that name. You know, I, I would try to just introduce some people to the client or to the agent. I want it to be a smooth transition. So, I mean, I might have taken a little longer because I want here. I want it to be smooth to pass off to someone else. For example, it might be my daughter in the business or another coworker in the business or just someone that I can pass it off to. So um, it took a while, though. <laughs> Carla knows. <laughs> it, took me, <laughs> it took me a long time because I wanted to, uh, I guess the word scarcity model, you know, it's like I probably had that model of, oh, I got I to gotta do this, I got to do this. Well, meanwhile, I can't do that. So that really helped me share it a little bit, I guess, is the biggest thing. And there's some so, other areas. How did you work through, how did you work through that, Carla, with Steve? So it's, it's obviously like this is a classic example of what we talk about where time management isn't mm-hmm. logical, it's emotional. It's this whole mm-hmm. thing about, gosh, how can I just pass, how can I just pass this relationship to somebody else? So how, how did you guys kind of tackle that or like what, what did you do to yeah. help Steve kind of go through that? The first thing we did was to have Steve hire an executive level assistant, someone that he could trust with every aspect of his life. And Marianne has been phenomenal for Steve. We created the success in my position documents. Like we have at our office, we created success in my position documents for both Steve and Marianne 
So those types can you, of things. Can you explain, that, you explain what that up. is? Explain sure. what that is, Carla, because I've never really explained yeah, a success it. In, a success in my position document is similar to a job description, but it's very detailed as far as what tasks is Mary Ann responsible for mm-hmm. and what tasks are, is Steve responsible for. So when something happens in the moment, there's not this break in momentum when we're talking about managing our time, managing our schedule. There's not a break in the momentum to stop and think, okay, now who needs to handle this? They set the groundwork and set the expectations right out of the gate for who handles what. So that's, mm-hmm. that's what I'm referring to, to a success in my position document. Mm-hmm. And the really cool thing is Steve and Marianne on their own review this on a regular basis to make sure that it's continuously up to date. So that was the first thing. The second thing that Steve and I worked through is his actual income-producing activity rate of pay. And we worked through, you know, through our coaching program, how, how Steve is compensated, what he's spending his time on, and then we did some evaluation of if Steve is, if Steve is selling or listing a home at this price, how he is actually devaluing his time. But even more important than that, what we did, because Steve, like I said earlier, has that heart of a servant. He wants to bring people in under his wing. He wants to grow. They're currently franchising their business model right now. They're in the throes of all of that. Steve wants success for other people more than he wants success for himself. So it was really easy to get the buy-in from Steve of, okay, while this is helping you, Steve, it's helping your team more. And we actually, within our last couple of calls, and I'm excited, our, Steve and I actually have a coaching call tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock, so I'm looking forward to hearing his progress on this. But he's actually now exploring the possibility. Better have of your action items youth- done, Steve. It sounds like Carlos. <laughs> you have your done. I know. A junior level uh, assistant realtor where they come follow Steve. Steve helps them grow while feeding them the leads that don't fit in his box. So it's helping Steve and it's helping to grow that team member. So it was really easy to work through all of that with Steve because he's so coachable and because he wants success for other people. And then he sees how that all comes back to benefit himself. Tell me about that, Steve. So you, so switching to an executive assistant, that's a big jump and it's an investment all time and money. Yeah. I had I had an um, and she did a phenomenal job. And then when Marianne we we changed when she came on board, Marianne came on board. We really kind of just raised the level of the title, <laughs> and and really gave her more empowerment to say this is really a big one that took me a long time to figure out, but finally had to let it go as my email. Um, is <laughs> she's she's as as we're talking, she's addressing my email that's pretty crazy um, as a owner and a realtor and a dad and as a learn my church and as a she's monitoring every email that comes. and it's like some I, I was like there's no way she cannot monitor that stuff um, now what I've done with that is she's I just basically she's got my email and she's taken that over to where I still have email but the stuff I need to work on it's in my box she moves it and the stuff she works on, it's in the main e- inbox. That's her. That's hers. And you know things like 
the quick question that comes up, I thought was, well, what about, you know, personal information? That was really a hard one. For example, like our church, I'm involved. You know, well, if I get an email, how does that, you, you got to just trust the person that's your executive assistant. But we created rules in email, and I've never heard of them before, um, but I think it's one of the best things I've ever done with email. So every email that comes through, for example, our church goes into a specific email box that she looks at, I do. So really it's creating these rules where it moves the emails automatically so I can scan them in a quick second and look at 12 emails rather than they keep filtering all day long. That's a big one for me. So, but yeah, giving a, my assistant full reign of email, whew, that was a big one. But now I absolutely love it because I don't have to worry as much. Every little thing in this hot, hot market, so I can really count on her with the things that she's working on. Her goal is to keep it as close to zero as possible, zero emails. So that's kind of a cool goal. So. And so you finally just said, oh, "Yeah, this is this is crazy. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna give someone access to this, but I'm just I'm just gonna go for it." That's what you did. <laughs> Absolutely, it was the best thing ever. <laughs> but like you said, though, it's it's really on trust. I mean, I trust the person, and you have to. That's the number one thing. If I didn't trust it, I wouldn't do it all. So, but no, it's in that's emails in high regard in how you handle things and how you respond to things and how you interact with my clients. I'm actually passing my clients to her now really in responses. So it really frees up a lot of things. I don't have to go every email and, you know, every response. Mm-hmm. And what's it, what, so how do you, how do you feel now having been through that process of, of actually, you know, making that, that. Yeah. Last month I had, I think I shared with Carla, I'd close 11 transactions and it felt like I didn't hardly close that many because it was like, whoa, it's just a lot less, running around stuff, you know, just the details of little things that can just bog me down. You know, every time a phone call rings or a text, I have to write it down, but the email is a whole nother, it just keeps coming and uh, just knocking those down. I could leave for lunch and I come back and most of the things could be taken care of or certain things I might need to, that's fine. So, but at least the day-to-day little stuff can really be taken away from me. I don't want to do all that stuff. It's not time, it's not profitable activities. <laughs> uh-huh. So you, you've talked a bit about the team. Um, well, you know, the executive assistant here and, and, and Carla, as I understand also there, there was something going on around getting either with the related to the creed and getting the whole mm-hmm. team bought in on, on what's going on. So can you tell us a little bit about that? What happened with the, with the creed? For me, me? I guess I'll start. I guess, I'll start real quick. I think for me was our business. We really didn't have a um, a vision. I think I think Carla might have asked me. So what are you guys about? Who are you? What are you looking for? What are you trying to do? You know, these are the questions that you'd probably ask. But uh, we didn't have we didn't have anything. And so I was challenged to create some. We call it a creed. Where we, who we are. Um, why we're different and, and why we're choosing, you know, these are the, just some characteristics there. And it's a, it's been awesome. And it was tough to go through. I had to get my wife involved, was, which she was like, what? What is, <laughs> but, you know, working through it together. <laughs> and, 
That was. Uh, I can only imagine so your old. wife. She's oh, like those crazy people. They're now you're not checking your email. Now we all have to get around <laughs> to create this street. Like, like drinking this funny Kool-Aid. Going on, but it was so good for us. So because we didn't know where we're going, you know, like who we really are, and how do we explain it to people that are on our team or others that are not on our team, and why would you choose us? And so the creed, you know, it's um, boy, it was vital. I didn't, you know, Carla's laughing. I can see her smiling right now through my phone <laughs> because she pushed me. She pushed me in that, and it took a while, but I finally it was like I knew it was important. And then taking time to do it, again, this is where I learned a lot of just putting it on your calendar to make time to do it. If it's really important, like if I'm spending a day with my daughter and I'm doing it this Friday at 2, we're going miniature golfing. I don't tell anybody yet, but no, we're going. But it's on my calendar. But I had to do what's important to, if I don't, yeah, I always think, I think it's important, I think it's important, but if I don't put it, Carla just pushed me to mark it on my calendar to put a spot. You need to meet with your wife to review what you want to do, you know. And so it was really important to, to do that by creating the creed. And we had to, you know, it took a few sessions to kind of iron it out and really let's figure out what we need to do. Otherwise, time goes on. We never would have done it. So now it's our team knows about it now. Are they? They we've had even share it before each meeting with our team, monthly meetings. I mean, it's, they know, you know, it's, it's really been awesome. I'm sure thoughts. I'm sure. <laughs> One of the things that I think is so cool about Steve and the creed is he'll tell you it, it took a long time. It probably took about three months. Yeah. However, probably, yeah. that, that means he really did put a lot of thought into it. And it wasn't something that he just did because it was an action item that we discussed. It was something that we talked at length about. And I just want to read you a couple of lines of his creed because it is so powerful. Create, yeah. environments, in, create environments in which people can thrive and operate with integrity while making a solid impact in the communities of its stakeholders. And another line is provide opportunity for people to grow beyond what they ever thought they could do, taking ordinary people and making them extraordinary. And that, those two lines in there are Steve Frody. And, and just a sidebar, Shelly, Steve's wife, is also in coaching. Raksha is coaching her. And I believe your daughter is in coaching too, correct, Steve? Yeah, she is, yeah. Okay. So, but, so they're all three – the the three leaders of their company are in coaching with us all working on something different, but this creed, the coolest story about the creed for me hearing as Steve's coach, how he utilized it was at their Christmas party. They not only invited their agents, they invited their agents, spouses or significant others. And then they invited their vendors, like their loan originators, the insurance companies that they work with, those types of folks. Mm -hmm. And Steve planned ahead of time, which was not old Steve, but it's now new Steve. Uh, He planned ahead of time and talked to several different agents and said, hey, I would like you to stand up at our party in front of your peers, the people who are important in our lives, and our vendors that we utilize and read this creed because Steve is now so bought into his creed 
that every decision they make lines up with their creed, with what they believe. And I just think that that is, that's so impactful to go from, really, I don't need that. Why are you making me do this, Carla? (laughs) To it is now the driving force of their company. It really is. I mean, I'm humbled by it, really. I'm sitting here going, oh, my goodness. I don't know if we wouldn't be even where we're at today without, you know, it's like a mission going forward. Here's who we are and what we're about. How have things been going, Steve, like overall? So, you know, like you've talked about your personal life, but like since you guys have all been in coaching, how are, how, how's the business been doing? Um, business has been great. It's, well, the market's so unique right now for Michigan here. It's a seller's, big time seller's market. It is tough to buy a home right now. Um, but for the sake of our team growth is great. We're uh, opening up other areas, other locations. Um, I think overall, like going back to, me and my wife, you know, here we are, the owners. I mean, she, we don't do the same day-to-day stuff. She's more on the business side. I'm still on the, the, the day-to-day real estate side, but we're transitioning more out of that. But it's been so much more, um, I guess, feeling good about it, where we're going, a direction where we're going. Um, instead of going, let's just sell real estate and here we go. Let's see what happens at the end of the day. Now it's more of like, all right, what's the next chapter? Where are we going next? Thanks. Mm-hmm. It's been great. And so, Carla, let's flip for a second. Just I, I got one last question for you, Carla, and then one last one from for Steve. But so, Carla, what is what is uh, one thing? You know, a lot of times we're kind of sharing information and accountability and encouragement, you know, with our clients, and we we treat them like we try to treat them like family and and be in it. But um, in that way, I think too. I think we learn a lot from them. And so I'm always fascinated to hear what, what do you think is, is the number one thing that, that you've actually learned from Steve and watching Steve interact with his team? I would say the number one thing that I have learned from Steve is the importance of outside accountability and being coachable. Steve is one of those clients when you joked with him earlier and said, you better have your action items done for tomorrow morning. Steve always has his action items done. And just to, you know how it is when we work with all of these people, we learn so much from our clients. But just to to learn from him how to be coachable and how to open myself up and how to be vulnerable to, okay, I may have done it this way forever, but listening to someone from the outside oftentimes provides that perspective that we really need to make the changes that we want and truly seeing that anything is possible. I mean, Steve is probably one of the most humble people that I know. He increased his personal income significantly, almost doubled his income. He went from selling 90 homes by himself to 103 or having 103 transactions. This past year in 2015, he had 103 transactions and he shared with me that it didn't feel like as much work to, to have 103 transactions as it did to have 90. But even increasing by just 13 transactions to increase his income, the amount that he did just shows me that truly anything is possible 
when your heart is in the right place, when your mind is in the right place, and when you just commit and go for it. And and one of the coolest things that I think Steve has shared with me is, and it, it made me feel truly like Steve's partner in his business, is he shared with me, he said, please, Carla, as my coach, do not let me get so wrapped up in the money that I forget the people. And so that's why I'm saying he's such a humble person. I, I know that Steve Frody would do this job and make $20,000 a year if it meant he could help and serve other people. And so just mm-hmm. him teaching me that has been really impactful for me. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. And so, Steve, if, if somebody out there was listening and they were kind of struggling with uh, some of those things, you know, the time uh, just delegating and managing the inbox and keeping up with everything and putting time on the calendar for the things that matter and creating clarity really about their life and their, their priorities and, and clarity about their business and, and what's in existence. And maybe they were thinking of thinking about, uh, you know, getting a coach or whatever. What, what kind of advice would you give to somebody going through that right now? Yeah, I would. It's, it's a hard thing. I, I think for me, like I said before, it's like, I can do it on my own. We can't do it on our own. A lot of professional athletes have a shooting coach, a dribbling coach, you know, or a golfer has, they all have different coaches. And so I'm, I've been pretty uh, privileged to have the, uh, Carla on my team here. And because the, I think one of the biggest things I learned even from Carla too is the calendar and she drives it, man. She, <laughs> she drives the calendar because she knows it's important. Um, what's your, what do you want to do in your life? I mean, I'm 51 years old now. It's like, I don't have, how many more years do I got? What do I got to do? You know, what's really important now in my life and my each day in my work, work week. And she, she does it every week. She has her calendar scheduled what she's going to do. Um, now, yeah, there's always those moments of hectic there, but she knows important plans out. I'm working on that. She knows. Um, it's, it's been a tough one for me, but I'm trying, I know it's valuable. I'm even now sharing with my agents doing this, um, cause I know it's valuable to, to me and I know it would be valuable to them. So I think that's, that's some of the biggest things I've learned from just Carla is pushing that calendar. What's priority and you might have to get rid of some stuff. That's hard to do too. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, both of you, I want to just say thank you for making the time here to tell the story and, uh, just for walking the journey because it, it takes a lot of courage to do, Steve, what you have done, both to be open to to sharing some of those struggles with somebody and walking through them and then the courage to, to make some difficult decisions about what you should be doing. Uh, but also I think it, the, the byproduct of that is that it seems like you're creating opportunity for the people around you. You're multiplying right. as uh, the phrase that we, we love to use and um, we just really acknowledge that and, and we consider it such a compliment to have a chance to work with you and, and um, Carla thanks for encouraging Steve and making sure he's he is got his priorities clear about who what he should be doing and what he should not be doing and getting him help and uh, I know that you just love and pour into people and, and believe in them so uh, I appreciate you both and Steve we look forward to uh, continue working with you and, and we wish you all the best alright appreciate it thank you thanks Carla Absolutely. Time management is no longer just logical. Today, time management is emotional. 
I think listening back on this interview with Steve and Carla, it is such a great real life reminder of that. And I think the part that I loved most is just truly the real life story here of of hearing Steve talk about the things that he was struggling with, but then also the very specific actionable sort of uh, decisions that he made and that him and Carla worked through and the execution that they took to implement some of the things that we talk a lot about uh, in that book and then, you know, certainly in our coaching curriculum and and on this show a lot. And so I wanted to highlight them and go back through um, and put them in an order for you because, you know, it's when people tell their life story, a lot of times it's kind of like they're just talking from their heart and what they're experiencing. And I think part of what our role is at Southwestern Consulting and and certainly what I think one of my passions and gifts is for assimilating a lot of information and then sort of sifting through it and filtering it and organizing it and and packaging it in a way that you can then take it and and reproduce it in a way that it's teachable and learnable and memorable. Because Steve, if you were listening to him, you might not have thought, oh, there's that technique and that technique and that technique. But there were six major concepts um, that at least I identified going back and re-listening to that interview that are things that we talk about in coaching all the time and are things that I write about. And and we've had different guest uh, experts here on this show that I've interviewed talk a lot about these things that he and and Carla together and their team, you know, it's always a team effort, but that that they all um, came together and implemented. And in in ordinary conversation, you might, might not pick up on these things, but these are super powerful things, and they're things that you can do. They are things that we walk through and walk down the road with clients every single day. Uh, we are are nearing 2,000 active coaching clients um, in our program, and, and we're working with these people one-on-one, and they're experiencing what Steve is going through. So you can do it. You, it's, it. These changes are possible because we live this and we know that it can happen. So I want to give you these sort of six things. Um, and these are, these are just concepts, I think, that Steve did a great job of, of putting into action. So the first one is permission. The first thing is permission. You hear just from him talking and from Carla talking about him how much of a servant he is, right? But it is our servitude, our servant nature that often causes us to be overcommitted. It often causes us to be overextended, and it causes us to prioritize things like responsiveness, and then we accidentally deprioritize time with our family and things like that. And that has a lot of negative effects that actually come back later and uh, implode our ability to better serve clients. Because if if things aren't right with your family, then they're not going to be right in your business. And so that is a, a, a real big challenge. And and so I think the the there's a couple permissions, right? And, um, you know, one is the permission to ignore, which is to be able to just say no. Um, but even more so, I think what Steve did a great job of is is the permission of of imperfect, which is what delegating is all about. And that whole dialogue about him and his assistant, uh, Marianne, and bringing her on and the work that they've done as a team is so crucial and powerful of just, it's it's our own belief as 
ultra performers and top producers that holds us back because we think no one else is going to be able to do this as well as I can. No one's going to be able to check my email, right? No one's going to be able to help filter that. No one's going to help be able to help me keep up with all this stuff. However, would they? Um, and we, we have those thoughts all the time. Like nobody's going to be smart enough to figure that out. Nobody's going to know enough about our business to make that happen. Um, and that is the limiting belief of the leader. The limiting belief of the leader is often thinking that other people won't be able to do something as well as they can. That is a huge limiting belief. Um, And so you have to give yourself that permission of imperfect, that they may not be able to do it perfectly right away, but over time, they very much will be able to figure it out. And so that Steve's story, I think, is is a great um, example, a living example of somebody who's, who worked through that and you heard him talk about some of those struggles. The second thing is MVOT, M-V-O-T, MVOT. And MVOT stands for the money value of time. Um, not to be confused with the concept of the time value of money, right? The time value of money is a concept that says, what is a certain amount of money today going to be worth in the future if we invest it? Um, it's, it's a discussion about compounding interest. But MVOT, the money value of time, is a concept that says we all have an hourly rate of pay. All of us do. If you take whatever your total earnings are and you divide it by the number of hours that you worked, uh, regardless of if you're paid on results or commission or stock or whatever, um, whatever your income is divided by your time is your MVOT. And if you can, if you're doing tasks and activities that you could pay because we, we always think, well, I, I can't afford to hire somebody. But what we don't realize is you already are affording it. You're either paying somebody else at their pay rate or you are paying yourself at yours. And, and Steve, again, was a perfect example of thinking through that. And you heard Carla use a phrase that we often uh, talk about IPAs, income producing activities, um, which is basically MVOT for a salesperson is, is what are the things that drive their income? And so they they did that, and that's that's a concept that we teach and talk about that they they implemented and executed in real life. The third thing was the creed, the creed, um, and this didn't come out to, until later towards the end of the conversation. But if you were, you know, often when we coach people, it doesn't happen in a in a picture perfect, organized fashion. It, it happens as you know as life does, which is often sort of chaotic and out of order. And and that's the value of having a coach is not just having someone that can give you information, but give you the right information at the right time. Um, but if if you were going to write this in a storybook, you would identify your creed next, right after you gave yourself permission, after you clarified what your time was worth. And because the creed is the overarching purpose of your company. Why do you exist? What is the, the, the purpose of your business? And as you clarify the creed, you clarify your priorities, right? As you clarify your company's creed, you clarify your company's priorities. And so you heard them talk about one of the reasons that we released this right now was because, you know, they were telling the story about their last year Christmas party. Um, and many of you, if you're listening to this episode, um, you know, right when it comes out, it's right before Christmas. And um, this is a good reminder for you that if you have your your team together and your vendors together, what an amazing time to read the creed and remind everybody about why you're in business. And that helps you clarify your priorities. That helps you determine what things you should say yes to and what things that you should say no to at a, at a higher level than just what's in your inbox or on your calendar 
or on your to-do list. And they did a fabulous job of, of articulating in real life terms what that process looks like in terms of creating a creed. The fourth thing was hiring an assistant, getting an executive level assistant. And that is, we have entire modules on this in coaching because it's become such a huge deal and it is such a transforming, I mean, a life altering thing that frees you up to, to grow your business when you get an assistant or a team of assistants. And uh, it's so important. I mean, our assistants, um, and, and we call them special ops. We like that, that, that phrasing and that is more reflective of how we think of our team as special operations. Um, you know, our, our personal team of special ops, you know, our quote, call them our personal assistants have just changed our life. I mean, they have enabled us to create more value and opportunity for everybody. And they're so critical to what we do. And, and Steve walked through, you know, some of those emotional challenges. And I think it, it's it's a doable thing though, and you're creating jobs for people by helping them to do your work, right? There's nothing lazy about it. It's it's it is only enabling and empowering you to grow more, and you're creating jobs for people around you, and you're leading other people. You you end up teaching them skills and developing skills in the people around you, and it's a rising tide that ends up raising all ships, and. Uh, it's so cool to hear Steve talk about Marianne, and and I I haven't met her or ever talked to her, but I I know that connection because I have that with our assistants, and just it's just amazing. And um, there's people out there who have time available, and they're they're looking for an opportunity to use their skills and use their talents. And um, you know, you're such a blessing to their life, and they can be right back to you. Uh, number five was the success in my position document. And that was really cool to hear Carla talk about that. That is a one-page sheet, um, and we need to update ours, uh, frankly, at Southwestern Consulting because we did it a couple years ago. Um, actually did it after reading Entree Leadership uh, by Dave Ramsey, and it was something he was he's really big on. And if you go to their office, they have them all posted. And so we did the same thing as we you know, basically figured out, like, what are the three key metrics that somebody is responsible for, um, not a salesperson. These are operations people. So there's, there's no confusion to them and to everyone around them, what success in their position looks like. And when you create it, it just helps you define tasks and roles. And that is what they, they did. You know, that's what Steve and Marianne did and seemed to work great. And if you've never done that, I mean, the end of the year is a great time to do that. Or the end of a quarter is to just take every person in your company and, you know, if you're the leader, the founder, or whoever you're in charge of, you, you kind of sit down and think through, okay, because we assume that people know what we want them to do, but they don't. And they don't unless we tell them. And very often it's because we haven't told them what success looks like. So if you can articulate that and, and, and codify it into a success in my position sheet, it changes everything. And, and it helps everyone be, be really clear on what's supposed to happen. And so it's so inspiring, a fresh reminder to me from Carla about the power of, of doing that with a client. And we need to do that on ourselves because it's, it's, it's been a couple of years and we've grown a lot. And um, so it's just so cool not to have that break in momentum about who's in charge of what. And then the last thing, and Steve only touched briefly on this, but this is something that we are spending more time doing and, and we're actually developing more and more roles like this internally um, is creating mentees, right? Or, or, or sort of like, um, you know, this junior person that you can coach and he called him a junior level uh, realtor. And that is so cool because then you can stratify your clients 
and you can you can help build a young person's income by by coaching them and mentor them and letting them get their feet wet with real life experience on on sort of um, you know typically like smaller or simpler just parts of the business that they can manage and and grow into and it's just like a foreman right like electricians have foremans and um, that is really really powerful and something that we want to implement and so that is just um, so cool to hear a real life story of uh, somebody you know that we've been blessed to 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 work with and and touch and Steve Frody and his family and his team and obviously they're the ones doing the work uh, but I'm just so inspired to hear Carla talk about her client and uh, just the service and the trust because that's you know that's what it's all about it's it's all about emotions right time management is is emotional humans are emotional we're emotional creatures and we have to find emotional solutions. Time management isn't just logical. Time management is emotional. Well, that about wraps up the Action Catalyst podcast for this week. If you haven't yet, please log in to whatever your favorite medium is to listen to the show and both rate this podcast and leave a comment as that helps new prospective listeners determine if the show's really a good fit for them. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and screenshot this episode to share with your friends on social media. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst and subscribe to our video podcast on YouTube. Thanks for listening.